Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. Okay, everybody, if you want to go ahead and move back to your seats. So many people here. I love it. This is great. New faces, old faces, wrinkly faces, fresh faces. I love it. It's always a good Sunday when we have to pull out extra chairs, right? It's happening. Something's happening in our community, and this is a good thing, right? Um, we're going to... Uh, we're going to continue on in worship uh, through giving. So there's baskets in the front row. If you want to go ahead and start passing those, you can also go to citybeautiful.ch slash give, and you can set up one-time recurring giving. Or uh, this is the way that I do it. I just text that number. Um, very simple. Great way to worship. And a little bit of an update. The first two Sundays of this month, we were over uh, our budget, which is awesome. Uh, the third Sunday we were under, but we're over for the month is a really great start for the year. So I just want to thank you for that and continue to encourage you uh, to give as we seek to meet that new budget. So I'm going to pray um, as those baskets are being passed and you can give and we're going to get right into what the Lord has for us today. Uh, Heavenly Father, we testify that you are here, that you're with us. Not only are you with us, that you're also for us. And Jesus, you're sitting at the right hand of the Father even now, advocating for us, championing us. Holy Spirit, you're living inside of us, praying on our behalf even when we don't have the words to pray. And God, when we have that kind of uh, power on our side, now who can be against us? Who can speak against us? Who can act against us? when we have the almighty triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit seeking to bring us into newness of life. And so God, as we continue on this morning, I pray that you would continue to minister to each one of us wherever we're at, all of the, you know, the guilt and the regret that we're maybe bringing in from the past, all of the anxiety or dread that we might have of the future, Lord, that you would minister to each one of us, even without us maybe even realizing it, that we would leave this place uh, having encountered you, being transformed by you to look more like Jesus, because that is what you've created us to look like. And so may the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So last week, we unveiled our vision for the year, which is together with one heart and mind, drawing closer to God. And I shared a little bit about not only what our vision is, but the process by which we had come to that vision as, uh, as leaders in the community, as our elders, kind of a little bit of taking the temperature of our community and what God is saying and doing already, but also asking him, what's next? And the big question that we were saying was, Lord, what is trying to be birthed within our community right now in this, in this season of life? Uh, and what are the things that we need to let go of 
in order to create space uh, for that new vision to happen. And so we talked about it. There's kind of three main elements that we're going to be looking at this year, but it's a year that's almost exclusively devoted to intimacy with God. That surprise, surprise, as Christians, our primary call and as a church, our primary call is to lead people into intimate relationship with God. It's not about following rules. It's not about behaving yourself. It's not about being in a cool club with lots of fun activities. It's actually about meeting the living God. And so we're going to do that in three parts. Next week, we're going to begin with the first part, which is learning the heartbeat of God. Well, what, what is God like? You know, sometimes that's the question that's so obvious that maybe we don't forget to even check it. Because what you believe about God matters. Everything that you believe about God subconsciously uh, kind of echoes into all of your your other beliefs. So we want to spend a couple months just talking about the heart of God. What is he actually like? And then from there, we want to go into listening to the voice of God. Well, how does God speak to us today? What are the various ways in which he communicates to us individually, to us communally, uh, and to the human species? Uh, And then how are each one of us wired to listen to God? We all have just slightly different ways, different languages by which we can learn to hear the voice of the Father. But as the more that each of us tune in to listen to God, the more we find that there's a common agreement because he's speaking to each one of us in a very special kind of authority. And then finally, the last piece is... um, what is it? Responding to the invitation of God. I know this. I've been sitting with this for like five months. Uh, responding to the invitation of God. So once God speaks, well, what do you do with that? You know? I mean, once you hear, you can't unhear. I think that's honestly probably why, you know, I mentioned this last week, why a lot of us would rather not hear the voice of God, because then we have to actually do something. It's nice to talk about ideas, and it's nice to read books, but if God actually speaks to you, and he invites you into something... Uh, to have the courage and the know-how to follow through on that. So that's what most of our year is going to be devoted to, to really seeking out the heart of God and learning how to listen to his voice and then responding to where he's taking us. And and so today I want to kind of answer some of the questions about how we plan on fulfilling that vision for the year. This is one of our Praxis Sundays. We do this about three times a year. And I always look forward to them because this is really where we put action to all of the words. It's very easy for us to come in here on a Sunday or to meet in your community groups through the week and just talk a lot, but not necessarily put action to it. And I think talking is very valuable. If it wasn't, I probably wouldn't have a job. And I'm really good at it. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, We can sit around and we can talk about it, but we also need to put some action to it. We need to to motivate our hands and our feet to get involved and to seek out the kingdom with our bodies. And I've actually found, I'm sure a lot of you have as well, it's not until we step out and actually do something that we start to realize something about God, right? Like we can sit here, we can talk about what he's like, but it's when you step out in action, we call this stepping out by faith, that you have this revelation like, oh my goodness, yes, those things that I've been hearing about for years, like that's actually true because I'm experiencing it now. And so Praxis is a really special opportunity for us to put some action to the things that we're talking about, to step out and to try it. You know, even to see, is God actually present? Is he actually going to do what he said he's going to do if I step out in faith? So I want to invite all of you as we're going through this, there's going to be a lot of information thrown at you this week. Do not be overwhelmed. Fear not, for I am with you. Um, But I do want you to take out your cellular telephone 
and I want you to go to citybeautiful.ch praxis. And this is going to be a handy dandy guide for you to just see everything that I'm going to be talking about. And there's going to be opportunities kind of throughout the message for you. Uh, I'm going to take just take some time for you to be able to, to sign up for things that you're interested in and that you want more information about. And at the very bottom, uh, oh, someone's using their Apple Watch to sign up? That's cool. It's the 21st century, you guys. You know, if this is back in the 1980s, you would have like been handed a piece of paper and it would have had like the, like the, um, the line cut in it so you could rip it off and hand it to the usher on your way out. But look at this. This is how we do it now. Uh, and at the very bottom, there's going to be a place for your name and your email. And so you're going you're gonna to submit that at the very end of the message. But there's kind of three main areas that I want to talk to you about how we plan on fulfilling this vision of drawing closer to God together. And the, um, the first one is about us gathering together. That when we gather together, it helps us to find unity in pursuing God. One of the things I said last week was when we change our trajectory to be about pursuing God together and not about us just agreeing on all of the minor points, it dramatically shifts our understanding of unity. That a lot of times we, when we think unity, we're actually thinking of something called uniformity, which means we all have to agree on the same points of theology and we all have to behave in the same way. And a lot of times when we take our eyes off of intimacy with Jesus, these are the kind of lesser standards by which uh, we attach ourselves. And so we go around looking for tribes that think and act exactly the way that we do. They have the same stories, they have the same personality, they have the same gifts, whatever it might be. And so when we come across uh, phrases in scripture that talk about having one heart and one mind, we think that's what it means. And so whenever we engage with somebody and, and oh my goodness, maybe they believe something a little bit different than us, we kind of, we back up. We're, we're afraid. We're threatened by difference. But if we realize that our one heart and mind is about the pursuit of God together, it actually begins to open up all of the varied stories and the personalities and the gifts present in this room become opportunities for us to learn more about God, to see God through the eyes of another person. And I think one of the most powerful ways that God speaks to us is through other human beings, right? Think about a time in your life when a human being, a mere mortal, has spoken something to you and it changed the trajectory of your life. That's how God speaks to us so powerfully. And we find this in Hebrews chapter 10. The writer says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. They're speaking there of baptism. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And this is the second part. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Our relationship with God is like our relationship with human beings. If we don't intentionally cultivate and make the space for that, and some of us need to rescue our calendars from the scandal that is losing it, right? That some of us, we just, oh, I don't have the time. Oh, there's, there's, no, there's not enough hours in the day or whatever it might be. And we have become slaves to our calendars. 
and other people's expectations of how we, like how we use our time. We need to rescue our time to cultivate relationship with God and with other people. Like, some of you may literally need to take out your calendar and say, like, Wednesdays at 9 a.m., like, that is going to be 100% my time with God and is non-negotiable. I even do this. Like, Fridays, I try not to, to have meetings with you guys. Like, that is my time to be with the Lord. And, and you know, a lot of times we feel like maybe that's selfish or you know, maybe we could be better served. Like we, we think of our time negatively, like alone time or time with the Lord is like this kind of negative space and that we're not being productive if we don't use it. But we're no good to other people if we don't have that time to ourselves and if we don't have that time to spend with the Lord. And I think it's so important that for many of you, as I've been listening to some of your words that the Lord's given you for this year, you're thinking in those terms. How do I rescue my own calendar? How do I bless it and anoint it so that it begins to work for me in my intimacy in the Lord, and I don't work for my calendar. And I think that's imperative. You know, any of you that are in relationship with people, you know it has to be cultivated. You can't just, like, commit to being in a marriage, and then maybe you see that person once a month. And, you know, like, I, I notice all the time with friends of mine who have, you know, who have, who have left the church or whatever it might be that, you know, they start to lose that sense of awe and wonder about the real and living God because they're not immersing themselves in it. Like we almost take it for granted that, well, if God's real, he's just going to show himself to me and I just need to sit back and let him do that. Well, that's not the way that God works. It's not the way that our human relationships work, right? How many of you call your mother at least once a week? None? We've got one person calls their mother. You know, you got to call your mom. You got to call your mom. That's, the, that's my whole message right there. You got to call your mom, right? See it. <laughs> If relationship matters, we need to create the space for it to happen. We can't take it for granted because then we're just kind of existing on the fumes of what was in the past. And that's very true of our relationship with God. It's very true of our relationships with one another. And so for our community, a foundational aspect of how we do this, considering how may we spur one another on, how do we encourage one another is that we have something called community groups that we launched uh, last summer. And the foundation of our community groups was all about hospitality, which is creating an open and welcoming space for each of us to come together, to tell our story, to find that sense of belonging and acceptance. And then out of that foundation of hospitality, we begin to learn how do we pursue God with one another? How do we speak about heavenly things? How do we pray over one another? How do we encourage each other? How do we open up our stories to relative strangers and trust that they're not going to abuse what they find there, but they might actually encourage me. They might speak life into my story. And this has been a huge foundation for our community for you know, eight months now, and we wanna continue on in that process. And so what we're doing with our community groups, there's gonna be some new ones starting up in this next season. Others are gonna be welcoming in new people. And, and perhaps that's something that you've been hungering for, is a weekly group of people that you can gather together. And this is a sacred space where you're not just hanging out. You're not even just talking about your life, but you're actually learning how to pursue one God with other people. I know for me, like our group has been so valuable. There've been, you know, weeks when I've come in just with this heavy burden and I've been able to share with the people in my community group what's on my heart, what's on my mind. And, and rather than them coming in and trying to psychoanalyze me and fix me, it's just, well, let's pray. Let's just pray and see what the Lord has to say. 
and that's been so healing for me. And a lot of times that can only come through long-term investment. Because all of us, are, let's be honest, we're, we're afraid. We're afraid of other people. We're afraid of what they might find, if we're honest. That they're going to reject us, that they're going to harm us. And it takes time for us to learn how to trust other people, to open our stories to them. But when we do, we realize that God begins to work through the person that's right next to us in powerful ways that maybe we never anticipated. But it takes us some time to learn to trust other people because it takes us some time to learn to trust God. And so we want to just step into like a little, just a little moment, a little glimpse of practicing this. And I, I want you, you're, in a moment, you're going to turn to two or three people next to you. And I want you to, to discuss these questions. What was my word or phrase for this year? So for those of you who weren't here a couple weeks ago, we do this every year. We ask the Lord to give us a word or a phrase that might guide our year. And if you weren't here, just is there something on your heart that you feel like God's leading you to in 2019? Maybe just in that broad sense. And then what do I anticipate that's going to look like? What do I think God wants to do or where he wants to lead me? So let's just take two, to, two three minutes, gather with the person next to you, make sure nobody gets left out, uh, and just talk about that for a moment. Just open up your story a little bit to the person next to you. I think one of the most powerful ways that God speaks to us is through the testimony of other people because we begin to see evidence of him speaking and moving in the lives of people that are just like us. And I think that, that's, that it, it puts, it gives a sense of life to the things that we read in the scripture. You know, when we look at the early church in the New Testament, when we look at the saints in the Old Testament, seeing God speak in moving in powerful ways, when we realize, oh, the person next to me is also a saint and that God's doing something in their lives. And if he could do something in their life, maybe he wants to do something in mine. And this is why it's so important that as, as Christians, we bless that sense of community because it takes us to that deeper level. I think fun is incredibly valuable. I mean, we've had these amazing nights of just playing What's that fishbowl? It's like the silliest, how many, it's ridiculous, you know, and it, but, and that builds a sense of trust, but then it also gives us permission to have those days where we come in and go, this has been the week from hell. And let me tell you about it or to go this, God just spoke this to me and I don't know what to do with it. And as we, over time, as we invest in each other's lives, we begin to see God weaving us together deeper um, and that becomes one of the most imperative ways that God speaks to us. So I want to refer you uh, to that citybeautiful.ch slash praxis if you want to look at that um, on your phone. And you'll see the, the first little portion there is about discipleship and community groups. And so you can click if you're interested in joining a community group, and then you can tell us um, what nights might work best for you. And our discipleship team are going to do their best to connect you with a group uh, that would be on the night that works best for you. We have a couple other opportunities in this coming season uh, for us to, to press in and to learn how to rely on each other, to spur one another on towards righteousness and good deeds. And I want to tell you about a few of those things. So, you know, for some of us, maybe investing in a community group long term, like you're not ready for that. You need something that's a little bit more bite-sized uh, and kind of you know, taking that next step. So we also offer some small groups. We've got a couple coming up this, uh, this spring. The first one is called Altered, and this is by our sweet Heather Denmark. And Heather, how many of you know Heather? 
phenomenal human being. Um, she's, she leads our honoring team, so you've probably seen her up here before honoring different people and celebrating them. Um, Heather has two great passions, the prophetic and art. Um, she's, a, she's a kindergarten art teacher, which is really neat. And so she wants to create a space on uh, Tuesdays at 6.30 here for any of you that want to learn how to uh, invest in the prophetic, uh, specifically through art. And so that's a really great opportunity for you if you are an artist or you're interested in creativity and you want to step more into that. That's going to be... Oh, sorry, that's on Wednesdays at 6.30 here. My bad. And then the other one is, uh, is a prayer group. How many of you know Robert Acevedo? Maybe one of the most handsome men on the planet. Is that right? His wife's back there. She gave, she's all right with me saying that. And the cutest baby. Oh, my goodness. Um, Robert is a phenomenal human being, and he has a real passion for prayer. So maybe you, you're, you're totally immersed in prayer, and, and you really want to invest in that. Or maybe you want to learn something about prayer. That's going to be here on Thursdays at 7. And so those are two groups that are going to be kind of more specific, a little bit more honed in on their purpose. Um, and those could be really great opportunities for you if you want to take that first step into community. Um, we have our marrieds group. How many of you are married or engaged? How many of you got engaged in the past month? Tim and Lisa, and you? Mallory, you got engaged to who? Oh my gosh, give them a round of applause. Congratulations, everybody. That's great. So a, a while back, one of the things that the Lord shared with us is that, you know, to, to kind of reinforce the foundation of our community, we need to invest in families and we need to invest in our married couples. And so this is a group that makes, meets on the second Friday of every month. And they come together, whether you're engaged or married, and you share a meal, and then just talking about that experience. And it's incredibly valuable because there are people that are just beginning that journey. There are people that have been on that journey for years. And at all different points, number one, you have something to learn. And number two, you have something to offer everybody else. And so that's going to be on February 8th. Um, everybody is going, actually going to be going out uh, for a meal. And the really neat thing about this next season for the Marrieds group is that they're going to be investing in, in a book, and it's called Keep Your Love On. It's by Danny Silk. And the book is going to be provided for you as a couple, which is really great. Um, and there's, uh, there's a uh, buying the, you can buy the workbook as well to go along with it. Um, but so every second Friday um, for this next season, the Marrieds group is going to be um, investing in that together. Keep Your Love On is the name of the book, which I think is a fantastic name for a book. Um, so if you are married or engaged and you want to kind of get on with that group, Group. Um, most of you already are. Um, this is Greg and Annie Singleton. Give a little wave. <clears throat> um, they're elders here. Go and talk to them afterwards. Get connected with them. Um, they're going to have those books on February 8th when everybody goes out to dinner. Uh, meet, meet here at 630. Um, or that Sunday, February 10th, they'll have those books for you as well. But that's an incredibly valuable way for you to invest in your marriage. Um, <clears throat> the next thing that we have is we're going to be doing another Enneagram workshop on February 8th and 9th. Yes, somebody says. <laughs> How many of you are familiar with the Enneagram? 
Okay, it's a, it's a personality typing system that we've been using in our community for a couple years now. And it really kind of gives language for what are your deepest desires and motivations and how do you think, feel, and act? How do you move through the world? And, and we found it incredibly valuable to kind of give us that language that we need sometimes to talk about ourselves and to realize, oh my goodness, other people don't think like I do or other people don't feel like I do. And when we start that journey, we actually, it, it helps us to be more compassionate towards other people because we can kind of get out of our own way and we can love people the way that they've authentically been created. And so that's gonna be February 8th and 9th. And this one is specifically gonna be about relationships. So if you are you know, in a romantic relationship, friendship, workspace, whatever it might be, that's gonna be a really great opportunity for you. And I wanna specifically say for uh, marrieds, um, go out to dinner on February 8th, like absolutely. And then you can come on the Saturday morning when that's the part that we're really gonna be talking about relationships. Friday night is going to be kind of talking about the overall theory, and then Saturday morning at 10 a.m., we're going to come in, and we're going to specifically talk about how we relate to other human beings. It's been incredibly valuable in my own life, in my relationships, in our leadership, and so I encourage you to come out to that. And then the other thing that I'm going to be adding on this year is we're going to do a six-week small group around the Enneagram that begins on Tuesday, February 19th. It'll be the six Tuesdays from then on, and we're going to be looking at very specific uh, aspects of the theory and really digging deep. You know, I want this to be more than a parlor trick or just like cute language that we use to, you know, go, oh my gosh, that person's such a three or whatever it might be. Like, I want us to kind of get past that and go, okay, but seriously, what does it mean to be a human being? And so that small group for six weeks is gonna be devoted uh, to digging deep into that, really uncovering uh, in our own stories who we are, how we move through the world. And my hope is that we become healthier people after that. So you, if you look again on that slash praxis, you'll see um, the Enneagram workshop is on there. Uh, the small group is on there, altered is on there, and the prayer meeting. Um, so I want you to just take two minutes, and I want you to kind of prayerfully think through all of those different options for stepping deeper into community with this question. How can I gather with community to pursue God's heart this year? So just take two minutes and fill that out. We've got a little bit more to go. So the first way that we want to see our vision realized is by gathering together, and that's really what helps us to pursue the heart of God. The second thing is this, serving one another opens us up to experiencing God's heart. When we serve, when we actually put action to the things that we say that we believe, and we find Paul uh, kind of articulates this so beautifully in his letter to this church in Galatia. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. I think that's fascinating. And I, you know, sometimes I wonder, why do we become weary in doing good? Why, or another way, let's just put it more bluntly, why do we give up? Why do we give up on serving? I think there's something that has been woven into, sometimes into community structures that says that serving other people will inevitably cost you and it will cost you something you cannot get back. And I even remember like years ago at a church that I was a part of up in Nashville, and we had this revelation that we had kind of been like communicating without saying that to our church. Like if you're really serious about following God, You'll go and you'll work for a 501c3 nonprofit for peanuts, and you got about 10 years in you before you totally burn out and you hate the church and you hate God, so make the most of it. 
you know, which is a really great rallying call to the church. But, it, you know, I think a lot of times we, we feel that if I serve, you know, we become very protective of our time and our resources. If I step out and, and serve or commit to showing up to something every week or every month or whatever, it's inevitably going to just burn me out. And so we become overprotective of our time and our resources. But I love what Paul does here. He says, there's a trajectory to the way that you serve. You're looking for where God is leading us. At the proper time, you will reap a harvest. And I think the powerful thing about this is that, you know, a lot of times it's our obedience to step out and to love other people and to serve them that leads to the revelation of God's love. That we say, God loves you, and you go, okay, yeah, whatever. And then you step out and you actually start to practice that without necessarily understanding it. And as you practice it, you come to realize, oh my goodness, this is God's heart for all of his children. You know, for many of you growing up, perhaps it was like when you were doing chores, you know, when I was like 10 years old, we were like doing our laundry and cooking and, and doing the dishes and all this. And you, you hated it. And we had, I don't, in our family, it's like we had the board and it was like sign up and it was like Ryan's day to cook was like on Thursdays or whatever, you know, or to do the dishes on Wednesdays. And you just hated it because you'd rather go and like watch TV or hang out with your friends. And it, but you had to, especially, I mean, in my household, you had to. Some of you know my mom. You had to. But it was this discipline of being obedient and, and growing up in a family where it's like, if you're part of this family, you contribute and you're going to do your part. But it was through that obedience that two things happened. I came to understand specific ways in which I could love my family well, even if it was just doing the dishes. And the second thing was that I started to understand how much my parents loved us because I started to notice the things that they were doing for us all the time. And I think that's what happens when we love each other, when we serve one another, is we realize, oh, there are these very specific ways in which we can love this family. And secondly, we come to realize all of the, the million little unforeseen ways that God loves each of us, all of the specific little ways. And that's really the value of serving. And, you know, as I've been sitting with a lot of people in the community, a lot of your words or phrases for this year have been about something around commitment and endurance. And I'm really excited that it seems to be something that the Lord's doing in our community overall, because there's a deeper invitation to become rooted, to become invested to move away from being ruled by our feelings, to be ruled by our intuition, to be ruled by our calendars or our fear of, of being taken advantage of, but instead to choose in for the long haul to love and serve one another and to see what God does on the other hand. And there's one person in our community specifically that I want to bring up here who's stepping into a new season of that, and that is Mia Tierpak. Everybody give Mia a round of applause. So we introduced Mia last... Uh, last month, she's come on to lead our Greenhouse Children's Ministry, um, and she came up briefly and kind of said hello, but I wanted to give you guys an opportunity to hear a little bit more of her story, because uh, it's fascinating, uh, and then to extend to you an invitation to step in and to love our children well. So, Mia, you've been in our community for a few months now, but how, how did you get here? Like, what's your story specifically uh, with kids that's led you to this point where you saw this opportunity and you said, yes, I'm in? Yeah, so um, I've always had a heart for kids. Um, I think at a really young age, God just gave me a heart for kids. But um, when I was younger, I was actually diagnosed with ADHD. And that um, actually caused a lot of 
I think insecurity in me as a child because I was left out. I don't think it was on purpose, but whether it was in school or church or with friends, I was always left out. And it um, just like lit a fire in me to make sure that kids don't get left out. Um, As I got older, I just always wanted, I just always had a heart to make sure that um, wherever kids were, we were making sure that every kid was um, getting what they needed and um, having fun with all the other kids as well. And you were actually a missionary for a year and a half in Outakipa, Peru, and you had an opportunity to kind of demonstrate that in some really specific ways. Yeah, so um, specifically, I just, um, when I think about um, that, I just think about this little girl named Maria. She was, she was so cute and sweet. Um, and I just, like, as soon as I met her, I just attached to her. I just saw the same thing in her that was in me as a little girl, just um, being left out with other kids and with other people. Um, and then I found out that her family was kind of an overlooked family. They were all in the same, they were in the children's home together. Um, and they were kind of overlooked. Their mom was in. Um, their mom was an alcoholic, and uh, their dad was in jail. Um, and then, unfortunately, a month after I uh, started at the children's home, their mother actually passed away. Um, but then it started this. Like I looked at this family, and I saw that they were, they were kind of overlooked. And so I was like, okay, let's let's figure out how we can make them um, be part of a family together, even though they're in different homes, and but they're still in the children's home together. Um, so I kind of was able to take them to visit their dad in jail and then just kind of bring them together as a family. Um, but then God did some really cool things, moved a lot of um, mountains with this family, and he actually, um, an uncle in the jungle found out that their um, his sister had passed away and found out that um, his nieces and nephews were in the children's home. So I was actually able to go visit the jungle, check out his house, make sure it was safe for them to go, and then they um, actually got to go live with their uncle. So it was good. It's <laughs> amazing. So you um, you've come on uh, to coordinate our, our our greenhouse kids ministry. Like, what's what's your heart? Like, what are you bringing in from your story? Uh, that you want to weave into our kids' ministry? Yeah, so I, um, just the biggest, like, making sure that all of our kids feel welcomed um, and all their needs are being met, but also I want um, Greenhouse to really be a place where, like, the kids walk in and they're like, oh my goodness, I get to be here every week, and they're just, like, excited, and it's just a welcoming environment, um, and that just, um, that we're really implementing, um, just teaching how to pray and how to worship and just really how to be together as a community. I love that. Um, so we, we have a couple specific, uh, asks that you wanted to make about, um, the, 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 the kids ages that you wanted to, to bring in some new volunteers. Yeah, so um, for our babies and our toddlers, um, we're looking for about one to two people to sign up to be with them. And then for our elementary age, I'm looking for about um, two to three people to sign up um, to be with them as well. And the expectation is that somebody, when they sign up, they're going to serve about once a month. Is that right? Yeah, once a month. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Mia. Yes, thank you. So I encourage you, get to know her. She's phenomenal. She's really funny. And she's got some really great stories. And so we're going to take another moment, just take a a minute, and go to slash Praxis again. And under Serving Within, you can specifically connect there. If that that plays on your heart, if you have that same heart as Mia, that, you know, maybe you were the kid that felt kind of left behind when you were little. Um, I think there's such a special authority 
when we see our stories in somebody else, right? And you go, oh my gosh, I actually know how that feels. Like that's a really specific kind of authority. And so maybe, you know, once a month you want to go and serve by uh, hanging out with our babies and our toddlers, teaching our elementary school kids. I want you to click that button. Um, and then there's a second one in there. You know, maybe if kids aren't your thing or, you know, diapers or diseases or whatever. <laughs> diseases, like hand, foot, and mouth, nothing major. You know, whatever. If you want something that's a little bit more sanitary, <laughs> um, you can click that second button that just says, I'm interested in learning more. And we have a lot of opportunities in ministry in our community for us to love one another really well. And so I want you to click that button and then Daniel's gonna uh, reach out to you and he's just gonna share a few of the opportunities that we have in our community at large. So just take a minute um, and, and sign up to serve within our community. So we've talked about how we gather together in order to pursue the heart of God. We've talked about how serving one another kind of gives us this opportunity to experience God's heart for other people. And the final piece is loving the world as God loves transforms us to look like Jesus. Not only are we called to love within the people of God, the church, but we're also called to step out and to love the world beyond the walls uh, of this church. And I, you know, there's, there's so much is moving uh, in our culture right now, that it can feel very overwhelming. And I think that's where the temptation comes for us to kind of close ourselves off from the world. You know, that, there's that line, like, you know, be in the world, but not of it. And I think the temptation as Christians sometimes is not to be in the world or of the world. Like we're just gonna do our own thing, right? We insulate ourselves from opportunities to reveal the love of God uh, wherever we go, especially kind of on the edge of a lot of these things that are changing within our culture. And it's important that we learn as Christians how to step into new territory and to have the right questions kind of in the back of our mind that shape us to love the world well as it is today. And it's specifically stepping into new territory and saying, God, what are you doing here? What are you saying right here? And there's a set, kind of a secondary set of questions that come of God, who are you calling me to be in this place? I think about when Jesus first sends out the disciples and he says, go to Judea, um, go to Jerusalem. Don't worry about Samaria. Don't worry about the ends of the earth yet. And what he's really saying is that go to the people that are just like you, kind of understand who I am and understand your identity in that place. And then at the end of the gospel story, Jesus says, now you can go out to the ends of the earth. And they went some amazing places. They went into cultures that they had very little experience of, but they were confident enough in their identity in Christ to know how to step into that place and to love people really well. And I think that's the challenge for all of us is to step into new territory, to honestly see the world around us through the eyes of God so that we can begin in the place of prayer of asking him, God, what do you want me to do in this place? What are you inviting me to speak to act. And we actually have a ministry here called Local Global, and this is so much of their heart. So I want to invite Kristen Bader to come up, give her a round of applause. So Kristen has been leading the Local Global team uh, for a few months now, and there's there's been a lot of different things that have been on our heart for what we want this ministry to be. Um, and so Kristen's going to share this really, uh, this new initiative that I think is really exciting. Yeah, well, let me start with where we've been. Um, Local Global is continuing in our vision. We really want to help make help people take steps of faith and step into places that God's already moving in the world. 
and then cultivate a life of investment. And as we've done that, we've done that both locally and globally, and we really love our global partnership. So we're gonna continue working with Peru, and one of the things that we're stepping into now is wanting to do like very intentional once a month praying for Peru and our family there. Um, that will start next Sunday. It'll be the first Sunday of every month, right after church. Join us for 20 minutes. We'll pray, hear how they're doing. So that's our first thing. And then our next thing is our local partnerships have kind of changed a little. We're continuing a lot of them, but they are a little more uh, unique and that we can't really invite all of you to come join us in these places. So we want to find some local partnerships that actually will work well for our community. And we want to do that in a couple of different ways. We believe that there are things that people are already doing, and we want to hear what you're doing and see if we can join you together as a local global, and also want to just introduce some new topics. So our next big initiative is Education to Action Nights, and um, we're going to invite um, people to come in and help us connect with different things that are happening around us. And we believe that, Ryan, Ryan joked with me this morning that I was going to come up and do a little dance. I don't really dance, but I feel like if you choreograph tell me how to do a dance step, give me all the steps, I can do it. And I feel like that's kind of what our education to action nights are. Like, here's a little step you could take. If you wanna try that, maybe there's another little step you can take. So we're gonna bring in people with different organizations in the community. We're gonna give you space to talk together about how you're feeling about things. We're gonna check what God's saying about caring for those in our community. So well, they'll start that, that'll be the third Sundays of the month. We're gonna start that in March with human trafficking awareness. I actually had the opportunity yesterday to go see the human trafficking awareness event that was happening in Orlando. There was all kinds of organizations going and they're working well together. So we're gonna invite at least one of them, several of them to come in and share with us, give us opportunities to think about what does it look like to take one little step to, to help into these lives. So we'll do things like that. Our other thoughts are topics like racial justice and reconciliation and addiction and homelessness. And what are these things that are happening in our community already that we wanna step in that maybe you've heard about but you don't know how to engage with? And we wanna give you a little bit of steps and education in that. Great, thank you, Kristen. I'm really excited, especially excited for that because you know, like our, our job as a church is not just to do things for you but actually to empower you to step out and say, where, where is God tugging at your heart? What are the, who are the people groups that he's breaking your heart for? And so uh, just take a moment and you look at that slash praxis at the very bottom is local global. And there's a couple questions for you uh, to fill out there if you're already serving somewhere in particular and you want to let us know about it. Um, and then you can actually sign up uh, for a local global's email and they're going to let you know when those specific dates are coming up uh, and what the specific focus is going to be that month. And we're, gonna, we're also going to spend time just praying into each of those scenarios when we get there. So just take uh, one minute and, uh, and fill that out for local global. So the last thing that we wanted to do is, is actually something that's been on my heart for a couple months and I never knew the right time for us to do it. And I really felt like the Lord said, this is a really great opportunity just to give us a taste of what it looks like to step into those new territories in the world, to see what's going on within our city, within our country, around the world, and to know the right questions to ask. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this turns out and what some of your revelations are. So <clears throat> you can continue to, to fill that thing out um, if you need to, but I want you to, to take out your phone and I want you to go to a news channel of your sort, like your choice, a news source or a supposed news source, depending. And I want you to read the, you know, some of us, we, we just avoid the news altogether. Some of us get way too addicted to reading it obsessively. 
We have to learn how to anoint our eyes when we see these things. So I want you to go to your new source of choice. And I want you to look at those first couple headlines, but I don't want you just to take the headlines as what you see. I want you to ask these really important questions. God, what are you saying here? What is your heart here? And I just want this to be a little moment where we practice interceding on behalf of the world that God would change the way that we see news headlines, that we see what's going on within our country, but we see it from the vantage point of the kingdom of heaven. And then believe that when we pray into those things, we're seeing the, the, the kingdom advance. So we're gonna take a few moments, maybe that's awkward, maybe that's strange, but just give it a go. Read those news headlines and just say, God, what are you saying here? What's your heart here? And how can I be praying into this right now? Does he break your heart for people? Does he break your heart for our city? Does he break your heart for our country? Does he break your heart for our species? It's only when we begin to step out with that courage that God is with us and that God wants to act through us that we can begin to see those things with a sense of compassion. And I believe that it's less about us being broken apart by what we see in the news, but we're more broken open in the same way that Jesus was broken open, that we become the hands and feet of Jesus when we have that, that compassionate desire to get right up in the midst of the human story and to begin to speak hope, to speak life, to speak blessing. And that's what it means for us to be of one heart and mind, that the more we pursue God together, the more we pursue the world together. And the more that we experience God, he begins to transform the way that we see everything else, the way we see ourselves, the way we see one another in this community and the way that we see the world beyond it. So I wanna invite you to stand I'm gonna pray. And I want you to, to worship out of that same posture of saying, God, what are you saying here? What are you, what are you doing in this moment that I can come into agreement with? It's not something that I have to manufacture I'm just learning how to see what you're already doing. I'm learning how to listen to what you're already saying. And that'll give us the confidence to go out into the world and to see where he would take us next. And so Father, I thank you for this vision that you've given us as a community, that you're drawing us closer together, one heart, one mind, and you're drawing us deeper into your embrace. You're revealing your heart to us teaching us how to listen to you and how to be obedient. Lord, we ask your blessing upon this next season. I ask your blessing upon each of your dear ones here that as they're stepping into something new, as they're choosing in more to you, to community, to serving, to loving, that you would reveal to them something profound about your character, your motivation, your desire, God, that's what we want. We want to be close to you. And so Holy Spirit, we give you permission to do and to speak whatever you want in this space. Bless you as you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.